Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show with your host, Scott Fullerton, as we discuss everything under the rainbow sun, from LGBT issues to foodies, entertainment to books. Join us as we talk to some of the most interesting leaders and celebrity LGBT guests and allies on the Internet. So grab a cocktail, it's always happy hour somewhere, and enjoy the show. Now, here's your host, Scott Fullerton. Well, howdy, 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 everybody. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. It is Wednesday, May 27, 2020. Happy hump day to everybody. I am your host, Scott Fullerton. I really appreciate you tuning in. I hope you're having a great halfway through this shortened week. If you had Memorial Day, although days are still a little crazy, things are getting a little more back to normal, but not there for a lot of us yet. Anyway, I hope you're having a great day so far. Uh, yesterday, we had a fantastic show for you. If you missed it, our good buddy Adam Rothenberg from Call Me Adam Blog and Blog gave us his East Coast Entertainment Minute. We had a whole bunch of good scoop of entertainment from the East Coast of the country. We are continuing our Sorted Lives Week with special guests Rosemary and Newell Alexander yesterday. Of course, Rosemary played Dr. Eve, and Newell played Wardell, and we're going to continue that tonight just about with Ann Walker as we get ready for Sunday's live streaming event for a very uh, sordid fundraiser, making money for theaters all across the country. So that was exciting. And then also last night we had writer-director Mark Schwab on from the Crisis Hotline movie, Excellent thriller movie you can see streaming, or I suggest ordering the DVD for it. Had a great chat with him. So, yeah, that was great. Tonight, another great show for you. In just a couple of minutes here, I'm going to play our weekly Wednesday Pop Culture Minute with our friends Josh and Jeff as they bring J&J Buzz, our Pop Culture Minute, back to the show as they do every Wednesday. The Cutie Patooties from Nashville, Tennessee, the fiancés that I just love. So that'll be in a couple minutes, and then we're going to continue our very sordid week with Ann Walker, LaVonda Dupree from the Sorted Lives movies and series will be joining me to talk about the big event this weekend. And then I'm very excited for the second hour, we have Michael Orland on. Michael was the music director and vocal trainer for American Idol for 16 years, He's been the pianist and accompanist and helper for Broadway vets from Bernadette Peters to Kristen Chenoweth to Eric Bergen to so many people. And he is just a who's who of musical um, theater and music in general. So a great interview with him. And it's coming on live. I talked to Michael last Friday had a great conversation with him, so he will be on. He was busy working in the kitchen, so there's some rustling around going on in that one. 
that I couldn't quite get out of it, but we'll do the best we can for you. Uh, a couple things in the news before we get started with our J&J buzz. Larry Kramer died today. Uh, big icon in the LGBTQ community, was 84 years old, died from pneumonia, uh, lived a long life considering he was part of the AIDS epidemic and was one of our earliest activists for AIDS back in the 80s. Uh, he just did some amazing charity work. He founded ACT UP, co-founded actually, ACT UP, which was a very radical approach to getting the AIDS epidemic noticed because it wasn't being noticed by our government, a lot like it is today. Um, and actually, Anthony Fossey, who today is doing all the COVID stuff, he credits ACT UP with a major shift in attitudes about HIV and AIDS and personally credits Kramer for inciting the change. So, yeah, he was a hell of an activist. He wrote the Normal Heart uh, play that was turned into a wonderful TV movie that Ryan Murphy directed in 2004 had an amazing cast in it, Mark Ruffalo, and uh, oh, I'm going to blank on everybody, but just a fantastic show. So, yeah, very sad today that a real pioneer in AIDS activism, um, we lost him today. So he he was key in making sure AIDS was noticed and uh, criticized Reagan, Bush, Clinton, all of them for not doing enough to said that. And we talk about a vaccine for COVID. I mean, we're still, how many years later now? Um, almost 40 years later, and we don't have a vaccine for AIDS, although we can suppress it, and it is not uh, what it was by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, there's still not a vaccine for AIDS, so something to think about. Um, Elon Musk firm was going to bring the very first manned rocket to the space center out of the U.S. in like 10 years, and weather delayed it. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. Let's get to it. We're going to have Ann on in just a little bit. Let's go to J&J Buzz with our buddies Jeff and Josh out of Nashville, Tennessee. Let's see what's going in the pop culture world, guys. Take it away. You are listening to Josh and Jeff on J&J Buzz. Exclusively on Left of Straight Radio Network. Now, live from Nashville, Tennessee, here's Josh and Jeff. Hey, y'all. What up? Hey, guys. You know, I was supposed to have a haircut. <laughs> well. Yeah. So uh, y'all got to hear this. It's crazy. We went to get our haircut today. I thought that we had an appointment, but we did not. Look, I just don't trust anybody with my hair. <laughs> yeah, so we have this hairstylist we usually go to. We show up. He's he's not there, and we're like, uh, we're looking at the other stylist, like trying to size them up and stuff to determine who we want to cut our hair. And <laughs> his they, haircut was yeah, not good. Yeah, they weren't good. They terrible. Were, yeah, they were terrible. So we left. So we're gonna have to go back. I just feel like if we didn't use our normal hairstylist, we'd be like cheating on somebody. You know? What I'm oh saying? yeah, he would be. He'd be upset. All right, you know, uh, Iraqi p- political leaders have issued condemnations. They're so upset because they – and they've called for the expulsion of dem- uh, diplomats following the decision. Have you heard about this? No. Okay, so what? here's what happened. There was an international 
Day to Honor uh, Against uh, Homophobia, and the European Union, the World Bank, and the Canadian and UK embassies, all they, they flagged the, uh, they, they raised up the gay flag That's <laughs> in Iraq. That's funny as hell. Uh, anyway, they are all so upset. Do you know what that day actually is for? I have no idea. So the International Day... Uh, against homophobia is when the World Health Organization removed the designation of homosexuality as a oh. mental illness. Okay. So you're not crazy for being gay. <laughs> anyway, what do you got? Okay, the FDA has loosened restrictions on bisexual and gay men and now encourages them to give blood. What? Wait. The FDA. Oh, okay. Yeah. What was the, it? Was banned for a while. What, what was the time limit? Well, it had to be 12 months. Since now having sex. Yeah, now it has went down to three months because uh, <laughs> everybody's staying home because of coronavirus. So, do you know a gay dude or bi dude that hasn't had sex in three months? Not a single one. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's not me. Yeah, not me. You better not. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's like wrong to be withholding. You know. Exactly. Exactly. But you know how you tell if a gay or bi dude is gay? No. Or bi. Well, if you're given blood, you have glitter in your blood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Something new. Not a lot of people know about that. Oh, well. <laughs> All right. So I got something for you. You're going to uh, like this. So you know Disney Plus. Okay. Yeah. So they have a new stream. That's the new streaming platform for Disney. Well, they have done something cool. Pixar Spark Short Series is what they're calling it. And they did a title a program entitled Out, marking the first time that a gay character has been the lead in any story that we've ever seen from Disney. That's kind of cool. Yeah, Disney has everything. Cineblend.com reports that it made that it's made very clear up front that Greg, who is the gay character, meets his boyfriend Manuel. Greg isn't open about his sexuality. His parents surprise him by showing up, and Greg has to push uh, Manuel out the back door. <laughs> Let me guess, they were just hanging out. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> just hanging out. <laughs> Way to go, Disney, on that. Okay, you know, Costa Rica is the sixth country in Latin America to legalize same sex marriage. They've been waiting since August of 2018 for this to go into effect. It went into effect at midnight today. Today. I mean, you can't get mad at that. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, congrats to Costa Rica and all the the gays over there. Uh, you can't you can't get married in person though. That's oh all. yeah, online because of coronavirus. Yep, that's right. Anyway, we gotta go. Thanks, y'all. All Have right. a good week. This was J and J Buzz exclusively on Left of Straight Radio Network. Well, thanks, boys. Appreciate you coming on. That was Jeffrey and Joss with our J&J Buzz Pop Culture Minute for the week. They will be back next Wednesday. Guys, I'm going to play out with a little bit of our buddy Matt Stern from Canada. When we come back, we're going to have the body, the audacious, the awesome, and the beautiful Miss Ann Walker joining us as we continue our very sordid week right here on Left of Straight Radio. So listen to this. We'll be back with Ann in just a little bit. You're listening to the Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network.
never see the walls that were supposedly left before me. No, it's not right to never keep my mouth shut Always wanna give it and never wanna give up I'm just trying to keep this holy leave the rest The destiny I wanna travel around your world I wanna pick me up some light Some light for me I wanna travel around Hey guys, welcome back to the show. We're having trouble getting Ann on the line. I'm going to play one more Matt Stern song, and if we can't rectify our little situation here, I am going to play Michael Orland's interview first, and we'll have Ann on in the second hour if we can get that to work. So let's go ahead and play one more Matt Stern song, Keeps Me Awake. We're having the Matt Stern hour here on the Left of Straight Show, our buddy from Canada. And I'm going to see if I can get Ann on the line. So give me a couple minutes, and if I don't get this to play, we are going to go straight into the Michael Orland interview. Thanks for listening, guys. Be back in just a moment. to break all the things we were sure 
we were sure of before I can't hold on, it's gonna hurt me But letting go is hard to do And though we chose to do it purposely I'm plagued with thoughts of leaving you I love the way that it tastes And we're free to explore But tell me, could it be fake? Could it be a mistake? Lying here on the floor And is this what is at stake? Is it greed you want more? Is it already too late? All these chances we've taken Are we losing control? I can't hold on, it's gonna hurt me But letting go is hard to do And though we chose to do it perfectly I'm plagued with thoughts of losing you I'm plagued with thoughts of losing you Would you leave me in the dark? Find a light Either way I won't be the same Would you keep my secrets far? But forgive me if I 
And you all know what a Broadway geek I am. He's done some of my favorite shows, from Hairspray Live on NBC to recently accompanying Jordan Fisher on the Rosie O'Donnell Show Live that benefited the Actors Fund. I can literally sing, or I can have millions of others sing his praises for the rest of the interview. Let's bring him on to chat with us. Please welcome for the first time, Mr. Michael Orlin. Michael, how you doing? I'm good, Scott. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I appreciate having you on. As I said, I have been such a fan for so long. You do amazing things. You're my first degree of separation by about every musician and Broadway person that I love. Because you just know oh and God, work with so everybody, funny. my friend. <laughs> I, you know what? I've gotten. I listen. I, I'm not going to say I'm not. I didn't do the work and learn my craft, but I, I got lucky many times and was in the right place at the right time. And for many of my job opportunities, and I'm blessed. And it's it's a show business is hard, and uh, you know, so. There you go. That's so nice to say. But let's let's go a little background here for some of my listeners that aren't the super fan I am. I mean, you could have been an accountant, which scares the hell out of me. Talk about uh, where you grew up, what kind of a kid were you, and how did you kind of get into this whole music thing? So um, I I was born in Worcester, Massachusetts, and um, I I literally started when um, when the I'm dating myself now, but when the movie Mary Poppins opened. I was probably three years old, and I remember my grandmother took me to go see it, one of my grandmothers, and then I literally came home. We had a piano in our house because my mother and father played a little bit, and my grandmother, Dorothy, actually was a concert pianist um, at Brooklyn Academy of Music. She had played, I found out later. And, um, oh, wow. And so, um, yeah, so we had her piano in our house when we were growing up, and um, uh and so I, I literally came home from seeing Mary Poppins and I started playing music by ear. And my and everyone was like, what? And I literally was like, I begged my mother and father and my other grandmother and my aunts and uncles to all take me back to see that movie. And like within like a month or two, I learned like almost every song in that thing. And I, I didn't know how to read music, nothing. And so wow. uh, my mom my mom took me to a piano teacher like that was uh, – uh, in in Worcester, and when I was four, it was right when I started kindergarten. It was a month before I turned five, and she said, um, "I I want you to teach my son piano lessons." And, and she said, "Oh no no no, he's way too young for me to start." And my mother's like, "Sit down right now." So I sat down and I played for her, and she's like, "Okay." And we started, you know, that day. Um, and this woman made a huge impact on my life. She was a um, a real mentor to me. Shirley Siegel was her name, and. Um, and she, uh, you know, she, I, she's not around anymore, but I, I'll tell you, I learned, um, I studied with her all through high school, and then I didn't take any more lessons. But I must tell you that, like, I would bring in my Barry Manilow book and my Elton John book and my, you know, Billy Joel book and my score to Fiddler on the Roof and the Fantastic Guys okay. and Dolls. And I'm like, can, you, can we go over this? And she's like, nope, only classical. We only do less. Oh, wow. We only do our feet. Our, so, and I, I kind of love that she did that. And really, once you can do that, you really, it's the basis for anything. And so um, I'm so happy in that she did that with me. And uh, I didn't become, you know, whatever uh, before that. And it just, I loved it. And my mom would, my mother and father would have to literally say, stop practicing, go do your homework. And I just loved it. I was just passionate about it. That's like all I wanted to do when it was time that to go to fantastic. college yeah it's crazy when it was time to go to college though my mother and father were like don't do music honey it'll be 
you know, you'll do it on the side. You know, you <laughs> love numbers. You're such a good, you're good with numbers and math. Why don't you go to accounting school? And I, I let them talk me into it because I don't know why. And, um, <laughs> and I, you know, it wasn't where my heart was. And I, 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 I tried it. I did try to do a stab at it. And I went two years and I dropped out and I moved to New York. And I, again, I got lucky. I was practicing all that time and everything. And I just fell into the right place at the right time for even my jobs in New York. And it's crazy. And the rest is kind of history. Well, what a history it's been, my friend. I mean, just an amazing career. We'll start with Idol because you've been there forever. You're like the Ryan Seacrest of Brian Dunkelman. You came at the end of the first season and never left. I mean, you've been That's there a it. long time and doing fantastic. Yeah, I, did, I did the first 16 seasons, and I'll tell you, it was the best, best experience of my life. Now, as the show went on and on and – they were all floundering to go, what happened to the ratings? Because we used to have 30 million people watching. And they would try to, like, change up the show and say, oh, let's only sing new songs. Let's only sing up-tempos. You know, it was just a sign of the times. It had nothing to do with anything else. They were just trying to, like, of figure out. But nothing was really broken. That was what was crazy. You know, like, what worked about Idol in the old days was that somebody could sing a Motown song and somebody could sing, you know, a, a brand-new song. And it, Families watched it because they loved it, and they, the parents loved the old Neil Sedaka song, and the kids loved the new Sting song, and you know what I mean? It's like it was all different. Um, it it right. became not that, but no matter what, my experiences uh, with every single one of those Idol contestants was a lifetime thrill, and I made I I did lifetime bonds with all those kids, and. I call them kids, and Ruben Stutter used to get so mad at us when we used to call them kids. He's like, <laughs> I, uh, he was still way younger than me. But um, it's just, it's crazy. But I, I, I learned so much, and it was just, you know, we don't get time to, like, give those kids voice lessons and do all that stuff. We do their arrangements, and the biggest thing that we do, and I always tell people this, is we build their confidence. And you watch these kids get more and more confident every week and more sure right. of themselves, and it's just, it's so thrilling to watch. And I, I have a great relationship with so many of these kids still today, and I still work with so many of them, including David and just so many people, Melinda Doolittle and Adam Lambert. And, I mean, like all these people, Kimberly Lockie from early season two. I do. I got a gig with Clay Aiken. Hopefully it's still happening in October. And um, so, you know, I mean, it's just it's been this unbelievable experience. And even when you hear about, like, these artists, you go, oh, did you hear so-and-so was, like, such a diva at that award show? I'm like, I never experienced anything but love and fun with every single one of those idol contestants because I, I think there's such a crazy strong relationship between a singer and a pianist. And it's literally as intimate as you can get musically. I love hearing that. I love that. And I just, you've been such amazing help for all of them. And I, I watch the behind the scenes things. I've been a huge idol fan. For a long time. I do have some questions I want to ask on it. Um, okay. As you said, it's gone through some different iterations. Talk about when it goes through different judges. Are you, do you pick up on that and kind of teach the kids different things that might kind of react to different judges differently? Has that ever changed your style of coaching or teaching, having different judges on from season to season? Well, I'll tell you. I, that's such a such a great question. There's like so many parts to it because, first of all, my favorite combination ever 
was Randy Paul's science. There was nothing. You couldn't make up that Classic. perfect chemistry right. they had. And, you know, and even if Simon Cowell, he, Simon Cowell loved to make anything to do make, to make Randy and Paula look silly. So he would just say something to just, like, contradict them, even if it wasn't even true. <laughs> but people loved that whole thing. And it was just, I think that when, pa, when Paula left after season eight, which was Adam Lambert, Chris Allen season, I think just it, the whole dynamic went down and they couldn't find the right amount, you know, the right thing and then Mariah right, right. Carey came no first um Ellen DeGeneres came on and then the next season um Mariah and uh I, whenever that was you know and Nicki Minaj it was just it's weird but this is the thing that we could never convince the contestants of so the contestants would go do their song for you know a minute and 40 seconds a minute and 50 seconds and right they were freaked out they were most of the first, let's think about the first eight or nine years, there were 30 million people watching them. And they were there on national TV and singing in front of all these people. And then they were about to get picked apart for 30 seconds from each of the judges. What we couldn't explain to them fast enough was as, the, as much pressure as those kids are under um, to perform, so are the judges to say something fun and clever and smart and constructive mm. You know what I mean? Like they were under the Good same point. principle. Yeah. We could not convince them, but they would, cause you know, Randy would, I love Randy Jackson, but he would say one week to some girl, you know, you, you, you should just sing that song straight. It's a beautiful song. And then the next week she'd sing it straight, something straight. And she, he'd say, you know what? I, I, I don't know. You should change that up a little bit. Like they oh, no. contradict yeah. themselves every week. And so we used to right. just say, if they're just, this is for show. This is for show. They're trying to be as good as you are in their position as you are as a singer, they are trying to be a judge. And I don't know, I, for me, my favorite judge of all time was Paula Abdul because she had such heart. Um, and, I mean, I loved so many. I loved Jennifer Lopez. I loved Steven Tyler. He was all kooky and crazy. Um, <laughs> but Paula Abdul was it for me. And, I mean, I got very close to her. And I just, I just loved She was so into the show. If you had said to her, do you remember where um, – David Archuleta, um, what David Archuleta sang at his audition, she would say, oh, yeah, he sang that Celine Dion song, and he was wearing that brown shirt. I mean, she remembered, like, crazy details. Like, she would say, oh, I remember Adam Lambert. He sang Bohemian Rhapsody, and Simon and Randy didn't want to put him through, and I literally insisted on it. You know what I mean? Like, she remembered every detail, where they auditioned, what they sang. She was just in it. She was invested in it. And I, I, I just thought that was, she was so passionate about it. And I just loved that. I loved it. But, you know, listen, that the judges awesome. are, are, have all been great. I, I, I think because now the way people vote, I think that it feels to me, and I haven't really watched the show in a couple of seasons, to be honest, but it feels to me, even like the first season that I did on ABC where my girl Maddie Poppy won, who I couldn't love more, um, mm. um, she, um, you know, like the judges, they're afraid now to critique because, A, they don't want to come off as mean, and, B, they don't want someone they love to get voted off because they told somebody they did a bad job that night. But So it's hard right. to today – and and also, you know, it's just so it's very hard to for me to watch because I'm like, you know what? You should have told that girl she didn't do a great job tonight. She's an amazing singer, but tonight you missed the mark. And but they were, they can't say that because they don't want that person to like 
whatever. And it's a, it's just a hard it's a hard thing. It's a hard position to be in. I still think I tell people all the time: go for American Idol. It's a ta- it's a ta- TV show, not a talent show. And if you're one of those lucky ten people, and you have a good work ethic, you have a chance for show business life afterwards or a recording career. So there you go. Just, it is what well it is. Said. Yeah. Well said. Next question. Like you said, you are pretty much getting them through their nerves, everything. Who came in, in your opinion, with the most raw talent coming in, and who had the most improved talent going out, do you think? Well, you know what's so funny? Well, first of all, I mean, like, um, when I, I, so many people come to mind because there were some people who came there with some experience, like, like an Adam Lambert, who – who who already came with he had he had already been in uh, one of the tours of Wicked and he had had right. some you know performance and he had been in a couple shows and um but there are people like that um I, like what comes to mind for me the most is like somebody like Kimberly Locke in season two she um to me like she changed her whole look she changed her the way she like she. That was like back when our hair guy, who you should also talk to because he's so interesting and fun, um, the guy who's he's he's back on doing the, sh- the show, but he was like responsible with coming up for all those different looks for people, and he lit- did a total wow. transformation with Kimberly. Plus, she got um, you know she got more and more confident. I think that about um, Carrie Underwood too. The first week, she you know like she was like, okay, that's a cute voice, but. Nothing until she sang that heart song alone, and then you were like, "Whoa, what just happened?" Like, and you know what? They mm-hmm. jump, and even like, um, I'll never forget um, it during Hollywood Week meeting Lauren Elena, and she was in the hallway having a meltdown, totally crying, and I was like, "You need to come here right now and tell me what's wrong, and we're gonna fix it." I, I like literally fell in love with that girl right that day, and we of course bonded for life. She went on to become the runner-up. However, she's having just as great of a career as many of the winners. You know what I mean? She's right. I, just, I love that girl. I have a, such a spot in my heart for her. And, but I, I think there's so many of them you would say that to. The ones that, the ones that really kept going were the ones that grew and grew and grew. And then the ones that have a career today after the show is over are the ones that I can guarantee you had an unbelievable work ethic and used to just put all the work in, and that's why they're still going today. And the music business is harder today than it's ever been. And um, right. you know, some of these people are still going, and it's just it's amazing. Right. Well said. Well, I appreciate you kind of filling on that. I, 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 Like I said, been a fan for a long time. I haven't probably watched the last five seasons, to be honest, but I would. I won't. I'm not judging. So <laughs> um but I, I do want one I, last you know story was, of Idol, yeah. and then we'll move on. Yeah. Because I yeah. did hear that you almost, because you had to, uh, you you had an engagement with a certain golden girl. I, I want you to tell Wait, me. Wait, did, I, did I tell that. you that story or someone told you that? I hear everything, Michael. I do lots oh of research. Oh, my God, that's so funny. That's hysterical. So here's what, this is so wild, and it just is like a lesson to all my young students when I go do teach master classes. I'm like, the follow-through is everything, and I am not a good follow-through person. Well, I didn't used to be. <laughs> I am now because I saw what it did. So uh, there was a, um, a woman, there were, two, there were two people at, well, the whole music department on American Idol, um, season one, this brilliant 
um, conductor Kevin Bassinson and a vocal coach Deborah Bird, who's been. She was. I met her when I was a rehearsal pianist with Barry Manilow. She was his lead background singer, and she'd hire all the singers and teach them all the parts. And I spent days and days and eight and ten and twelve hour days all in a row. Like if she, if Barry got a new background singer, I'd meet with with Deborah and we would teach the parts to the new people. And it was. Anyway, they literally called me this one day, and they're like, hey, we know you know every single song ever written, and we have Burt Backrack coming in this week, and we need somebody, another, we need another pianist to be on. on. It was just Kevin only. And, like, nobody oh, no. knew what had happened, what happened to that show. You know, it got so huge so quick. And so um, I said, you guys, and they literally they called me the day before, and I was like, you're not going to believe this. I'm sorry. I have a, a thing tomorrow, and a friend of mine asked me for a favor, and she's a really good friend, and she's never asked me for anything, and I can't call her the night before and say no. So that thing was Estelle Getty had asked. I was so close to Estelle. I met her when I first moved to L.A. through my friend Amy, who was working with her at the time. And I used to, like, go hang out with her on Saturday nights and watch first runs of Golden Girls, and she'd make baked chicken and, and baked potatoes and uh, – homemade coleslaw and we just sit there and watch tv together and laugh and anyway um I, she had asked me if i would come over this one particular day because b arthur was coming over to her house for lunch i i feel oh, like man. i'm dropping so many names i'm going to pick them up after we hang up but um <laughs> so but so b arthur and she's like we i want you to be here just so we can have fun and you know you'll make jokes and whatever and so I could not call my friend Estelle, who I'd been friends with for so many years, and say, I'm so sorry, but I got a job for tomorrow. I just couldn't do it. I also didn't know what American Idol was. So um, although I knew I, I was obsessed with Bert Backrack and his song. So she's like, okay, don't worry. I'll find somebody for tomorrow, but call me back in a few weeks because this show is right up your alley and you'd be perfect for it. So I literally, like, picked up the phone, like, two weeks later, and I was like, just so you know. I will drop anything now. If you call me and need me, I will drop anything. Because my friend Amy Engelberg, who's a TV writer, when I told her that they had called me for that, she's like, call her back, call her back, do it, do it. I mean, because she was obsessed with the show. And Kelly Clarkson and Tamara Gray, and, you know, and she was obsessed yeah. with them. And Justin, and right. it was just it was crazy. So I, she literally called me one day again. Again, I got like, who gets a second chance? And she said, um, be there tomorrow morning. It's the week of the finale. And she goes, you got to be at the Kodak Theater tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, and we need you all week. And I said, what time do we finish? She said, I have no idea. And I, oh, that wow. was it. That was it. And I just, they kept me on. We went to Vegas to do a, like, there was a TV special. I'd love to watch it again. It must be so wild. But we did a TV show with the top 32 people from season one in Las Vegas. And my bosses, Ken and Nigel, Ken Lithgow, uh, Ken Warwick and Nigel Lithgow, the most two most brilliant creative men ever. That show was everything right. because of them at the time. And um, we were, they they said um, they sent the security guy down and said, Nigel and Ken need you up in in their in their in their office suite, um, and we need the keyboard up there. They want to put a new medley together. And Kevin, the other music guy, was in a studio in L.A. creating all the tracks for the show. So I went up there with the keyboard, and he goes, all right, we, we need to put this country method together, and I'm, we're, gonna, we're waiting for the music to come through. I'm like, wait, what are the songs? And he tells me the songs. I go, oh, I know that one. I know that one. 
Let me just hear that one. And I, I'll, I scribbled it down. I go, I was in their room at one in the morning that night. We put together this whole medley. They sent the kids up one by one to like find keys for all of them. And um, I literally oh was, God. I left and I said, I, I said to Ken and Nigel, that was the most fun 17 hour day I've ever had in my whole life. And they said, well, we hope you know, it just got you a full-time job on our show. Welcome on the staff. And that, and that was it. And that was it. That is such a great story in so many ways. I mean, it shows what a good friend you are, A. It shows your work ethic, B. And it just shows how freaking talented you are, my friend. Wow. You're I so nice. But, like, literally, I'm like, see, you got to follow through. I, and to, to think that I passed that opportunity up is mind-boggling to me when I think about, like, the big picture of it. But right. I, I also well, think, like, if something's meant to be, it's meant to be. There you go. I mean, from what I've heard, you know. Estelle Getty was the nicest girl on the planet. A very good friend of mine from the show has become Stan Zimmerman, who wrote the first couple seasons oh, of Golden course. Girls. And there you go. That's where I kind of got the story. But like Stan said, they he got they got yelled at in the not yelled at, but they were getting very intimidated for being the gay writers for that first season. And Estelle was their cheerleader. And she was so good to them. Um, so, oh, yeah, that's I so great. Well, I know you know person, Jamie so. Wooten. Jamie Wooten and Mark Cherry were friends of mine too. And they, you know, they were a writing couple and, right. um, and they, she loved them. She loved them and she was so great to them, but it's so great. It's so great. She was that a is, good woman. She that. was a great, great, great friend. That's what I've heard. And I'm so glad that you took that time for it. That's a great story. I want to jump around a lot because there's so much stuff you've done that I love. That I just want to talk about. Let's do a little bit of Broadway stuff talking for a bit. I don't know whether to start, uh, uh, start newer. You got Kristen Chenoweth, her For the Girls album. Talk about that experience. I mean, you've worked with her before. Uh, I love Kristen. Oh my gosh. Um, talk about uh, any good stories or that album. I'll tell you, Kristen Chenoweth, when people say to me, What is it exactly that you do? I say to them, I want you to come see me play for a Kristen Chenoweth concert. She sings ballads, up tempos, funny, serious, country jazz, uh, pop, musical theater, opera, gospel. She does everything. I have never seen a girl like that that not only does everything, but she loves to rehearse. She talk, I've never seen a work ethic, ethic like hers, and that's why mm. I've never, ever seen her have, a, have a, not a great show, ever. Even when she messes up, she's so prepared that she knows how to make the mistake work or turn it into funny or whatever. And I've seen her at the Hollywood Bowl make a mistake on singing Over the Rainbow and make it funny, like her mistake. Oh, my and, um And, you know, <laughs> and, and then pause and then go back on and, and get, get the audience right back in. I, like nobody I've ever seen. And I, I always credit her because of her work ethic and the way she likes to rehearse. So, I'm, you know, I'm her guy that, you know, I fill in. I, I do a lot of West Coast stuff with her and um, – and her regular girl who she's done with for like, you know, 16 or 18 years, Mary Mitchell Campbell, who's in New York, who is one of the busiest conductors on, female conductors on Broadway. And um, so she's oftentimes busy. So I had gotten to tour so much with her. Um, she, her last album, she did this uh, tribute to all her, not all of her, but a lot of her favorite singers that, cause she left a couple out like that we wanted to do so badly, like Karen Carpenter but a couple, and Edie Gourmet, but um, a couple of them, um, it, it's the whole tribute album to them. And her producer, who is this genius man, Steve Tyrell, 
he had asked me to be involved with it. And so I would go to the studio with her when she was doing her vocals. And I was like, you know what, why don't you try it like this? And I, cause I love making up riffs from all, all my changing melodies and stuff from all my years mm. at American Idol. I, it's like, literally I can do it in my sleep. Cause I just, I hear, I hear it in my head like that. So we would do these things and Steve was freaking out going, Oh my God, that's exactly what I heard in my head. You, you know, and he was like so happy. Well, I ended up doing the whole album with them, and it was such an amazing experience. You know, she did that duet with Ariana Grande, and she did the duet with uh, right. Molly Parton. And, I mean, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable what happened, and um, it was a thrill to be involved with it. I love her more than – I mean, I love her so much, and she's such a good person. She's generous. She's um, giving. She's – like I said, if somebody – if I say to somebody – you want to see what I do? Come watch me play for her. She's just, she's everything. And I just, I've had so many great experiences with her. And then on top of it, when I got to do Hairspray Live, you know, the NBC thing, and she was Velma in it, it was just amazing experience. I mean, that was a, a reunion for me with not only Kristen, but with Jennifer Hudson and with, um, and with Ariana Grande too, because I had done a show with Ariana before. So that was Pretty amazing. That was probably the most fun nine weeks I ever had on any show. Well, ever, that was ever, my next ever. question. I was going to go into Hairspray Live because that you were uh, assistant music director on that, and that was a huge undertaking on the lots outside and inside. My friends went and saw the out. They were in the bleachers on the outside, and oh my God, an amazing funny. undertaking. Talk about that experience a bit. I'll tell you. I mean, the, well, the mu- the head music guy um, was this guy named Lon Hoyt who had done the show forever in New York and. He's a genius man and was so great to work with. And, of course, Jerry Mitchell, who is one of the all-time greatest director choreographers uh, on Broadway, who I, I just, I mean, I fell in love with the way that man works. It's it just another, uh, when you see passion in somebody about for what they do, it's just, it's so amazing. And it, I'm telling you, it's just unbelievable. The girl who played um, Tracy, Maddie Bailey Oak, is literally like one of my new favorite people since we did that show together. And of course, Garrett Clayton um, was Link, and every I had worked I had worked with Derek Huff before. I coached him a couple times for that, and he, that was so fun. And and um, you know, then when Ricky Lake came back in, who was a, a really good friend, and Marissa Winokur, who won the Tony Award for the Broadway show, she was involved. Right. And so they'd all be they'd all be there hanging out, and it was it was like a party every day, nine weeks. And I, I haven't topped that experience yet, um, just for love and creativity and and just, I mean, Idol was that for me, for sure. Like, I, it didn't matter if we ended rehearsal at 2 in the morning, had to be back the next day at 8. You just loved it so much you couldn't wait. But Hairspray Live was it, it, it. I love that. Ah. And, and then I, I got to talk about Cameron. Couple... Oh, Yeah. We That's love awesome. Dove. She is, she's another one that you go, oh, okay, now I know why you're famous. Okay. <laughs> well, like I said, you're one degree of separation away from all of my favorite people. Let's talk a couple more. I was so happy to see you pop behind Jordan on the Rosie O'Donnell um, theater special for the Actors Fund. He is amazing. My friend Emerson worked with him on Rent Live on Fox. Said he's the nicest oh, person on the planet. And you, um, uh, the two of you were beautiful together. I mean, he has such talent. Talk about being able to work with him and uh, that well, experience. 
I'll tell you, I did. I do these shows every winter, um, and there it's a British um, tradition called the English Panto, and um, like a pantomime, and they where they literally tell like a traditional children's story, but they use tradition. Um, they use today's pop songs to further the story along without changing any lyrics or anything. Um, you know, like uh, the Seven Dwarfs uh, in Snow White, this, uh, which is what I did with Ariana Grande. She played Snow White. And, um, mm. you know, like the Seven Dwarfs sing, you know, YMCA. Uh, and, you know, like all these funny things. And like the, the, Cinder, the Snow White, we did Cinderella. We did, but we, I did Aladdin with um, Jordan. And Jordan Fisher, when he did this show, I mean, he had already done a bunch of TV stuff, but he was just unbelievable and he would sing and he would, he would do different runs and riffs in his, uh, in his songs every single night. And this was the kind of theater where you could do that. And I would do anything to crack them up. I'd play different underscoring when they would walk on just to try to make them laugh in the middle of it. The audience just had fun. It was, and it's very double entendre. Anyway, Jordan Fisher from the day I met him, I was like, this kid is so huge. Uh, is such a huge star. He wasn't anywhere near what he is today, um, notoriety-wise. I think that I think um, Teen Beach movie had just happened, maybe or something. So he was already pretty big. Okay. But you know, now, okay. oh my God, now with everything with Dancing with the Stars, and then he was the host of Dancing with the Stars Junior, and now he's the lead right. here of Hanson. I mean, that boy is on fire. He is unbelievable. Such a sweet man. I just love and adore him and his people, you know, his uh, his agent actually is a really good friend of mine. And she called and said, oh, um, Jordan's publicist is going to reach out about doing something, you know, with Jordan. I'm like, anything, anything, anything he wants. So I love it. That was, well, yeah, that he's was so such great a good to kid. hear. I love stories like that. And keeping kind of Rosie O'Donnell adjacent here. The producer of that and organizer was Eric Bergen, who I've been in love with since Madam Secretary. And you work with him in Singapore and places. Talk about that relationship, because I love him. Yeah, I got to see him in Birdland actually once. Uh, but talk oh, about you? that uh, working relationship. Yeah. Yeah, he Eric's so great. Eric's a really talented boy. He's very old school entertainer. He's like the new Barry Manilow. He's just he's he can sing, and he's just knows how to be himself and relax and and you know just um make the crowd feel so comfortable and very i mean like he's got he still does shows with you know eight and ten piece bands and three backup singers which nobody really does anymore but you know he's so talented of course i think i met him like long ago uh when he was doing jersey boys out in la like this is before way before the movie version and um, we just, you know, I think I would coach him a couple times or something, and then we just started working together. And he had done this um, incredible uh, big fundraiser at Dana-Farber uh, Center in Boston. And um, and they, and I had booked it for him, and I was supposed to go do it, but Idol, like, the dates had changed with Idol or something, and I couldn't do it with him. So I, he went with his own guy. But the next day after that concert, this Booker guy calls me and he's like, hey, I want to talk to you about a gig for Eric Bergen. They told me you're his manager. I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I literally, I knew the people booking the Dana Farber thing. That's how it happened. My cousin was involved. It's like, you know, one of those small world stories. And, um, right. and, and that was, and, and, and they were like, yeah, it's in, it's in Singapore. 
and he was doing Madam Secretary at the time. So it literally just, it literally worked out so perfect. Now I got to go there for 48 hours and um, he only got to go for 24. <laughs> oh, he literally, he, he, I think he, we, we figured out he was in the plane long, way longer than he was in, um, in, in Singapore for, but we had oh, the no. best time and, it was it was crazy. He's a very talented boy, and I love him. Well, you have worked with the best, and they have been lucky to work with you, my friend. We got to start wrapping it up. So I do want to talk last couple of things. You are doing some amazing Zoom auditioning for Broadway. Um, I think you're doing it free of charge, which I don't understand. We are amazing. Um, talk about this, and good on you for doing this in these times, my friend. Well, you know, here's the thing. So I, I uh, 30 years ago, oh, my God, a year ago, talking about how old I am. 30 years ago, <laughs> not that I'm 30, but 30 years ago, I started working with this unbelievable, it's actually 31 years now, this unbelievable woman. Her name is, was Debbie Shapiro. She's now, then she went to Debbie Shapiro Gravit. Now she's Debbie Gravit. She won a Tony Award for Jerome Robbins Broadway in 1989. And my entertainment attorney, who, uh, I love in New York, Mark Sandroff. He's like, he represents like these crazy talented choreographers and directors and music directors. It's like crazy. And he also works with like all of old, old show business. I've met, so I, I, I met uh, Kay Bauer through him and I met Jennifer Holiday through him and Debbie. Oh, wow. and so my friend Debbie, I, I got to introduce, um, you know, Debbie and I worked so close together. We traveled all over the world. She opened for, um, George Burns, she opened for Jay Leno, and we were like traveling everywhere with these people. And um, I, I'm I'm so close to them, her and her husband Bo, that they have three children, and I am the godfather to all three three of those children. Um, and so, but but what happens is, so Debbie literally texts me like when this whole um, this whole pandemic started, and she's like, "Hey, do you want to do like a little fun musical theater work uh, audition class?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Um, she's like, I said, let's monetize it. She's like, no, I meant for free. And I was like, okay, of course I'll do it. <laughs> and you know what? I just thought, you know what? This will be so fun. And I literally have called in favorites from all my friends and to come on. Jordan came on as a guest. We just have them come on for like five minutes and tell like a fun audition story. And we do this every single Thursday. Um, and it's at one o'clock West Coast time and four o'clock East Coast time. It's free to watch. You can share if you if if you sign up on our email list, um, you get the you get emailed the Zoom link, and we also post post it all over Instagram and Facebook. But it's um, it's been so much fun and so rewarding. We've called in every favor, and I'm like, I don't feel bad calling my friend saying, Hey, I'm doing this free masterclass. Can you come on for five minutes? So. We've had, you know, Catherine McPhee, Kristen Chenoweth came on our first week, um, Jerry Mitchell. I mean, we've literally called all our friends out and, and had them come on. Stephen Schwartz came on last two weeks ago. I mean, it was like crazy. Um, and so it's just been really fun, and it's something we love to do. We also, like, been doing some private coaching on the side, which is all I really do all day, basically. I just do um, vocal coaching out of my house, you know, on FaceTime now. But um, Debbie and I have been doing some students together. But it's just fun, 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 and it's free. And I encourage anybody who wants to come watch it on Thursday afternoons, they are welcome. And, I, you know, my Instagram, at Michael Orland, will have all the info if anyone wants to spy on us. Very good. 
and I'll put a link in the show description today so people can find that as well. Thank you guys so much Amazing. for doing that. And I did see that you guys are actually doing pri- – I can't believe someone can get a private lesson from Michael Orland. That just blows my mind that you're able to have the time yeah. to do that. So that is yeah, really that's, cool. Yeah, I mean, I do it all day. I do it all day. So I'm open to any new students. I love it. I've lowered my rates for this horrifying time that we're all going through together. And I, a lot of people are having financial problems and difficulties. I've, I work with everybody. So. You are the best. Well, last thing we'll finish up with, I want to talk about upcoming hopeful things. What can you tell us, if anything, about The Prom on Netflix, amazing musical? And uh, I hear you might even have a piano album coming out. Talk about those. Well, I, okay. So I worked, I, for five weeks, I got to play rehearsals for the, for the movie they're making of the Broadway hit, The Prom. I'm going to tell you, it was also an amazing five weeks, but it only didn't beat Hairspray Live because Hairspray Live was nine weeks. But it could have if I kept going. But um, it was so fun. I mean, to watch um, Nicole Kidman and Meryl Streep and James Corden and Andrew Rennell <laughs> and all these people, like, learning a dance in a day and and Meryl Streep coming over to the piano and going, um, oh, could you just run that one section with me again so I can hear how it goes? Again, I like the <laughs> un, most unbelievable work ethic. Most unbelievable. And I go, that's why they're who they are. They, that's why they're who they are. They're not like just coming in and faking it. Um, anyway, it was an incredible experience. I loved working on it. I can't wait to see the movie. I never saw the musical on Broadway but I learned it inside and out afterwards. And I was sorry I didn't. I love that score. I think that score is genius. And, um, and you know, the, the um, Casey Nicola directed it and choreographed it in New York. And um, he's also another brilliant man I've gotten to work with. And he is, um, he only choreographed the movie because uh, Ryan Murphy directed it. But I'm telling you that, Casey Nicolai is where it is, where it's at. But, um, yeah, that was a really great, fun experience, and I loved it. I really loved it. So I'm looking forward to that movie. I don't know when movies are opening anymore and all that stuff now with what's going on. But but I I can't wait to go see it. And, you know, I just met all these amazing people, you know, and um, Ariana DeBose, who who plays um, Alyssa, green in the in the movie she just actually guessed it on our little thursday class the other day she's the new anita in west side story the steven spielberg west side story just like you know about to catapult that is so great and are you going to put together an album for us mm. so this is so funny because i started like years ago like just doing an album of like piano covers like Broadway songs, and then I then I changed. It. I was like, I'm going to do pop. I have so many files sitting. I could put an album out right now. <laughs> but that's so funny. That has been in my bio for like the last five years, and everyone's like, what, "Did your album come out yet?" I'm like, "Oh my god, I I don't know what it should be." And um, but I I, I do want to do something. I love that. I love it. And you know, um, just from I, I the funny thing is about like the times we live in. When American Idol started, there was no such thing as social media. Like the kids would like take their turn on a like a, on a desktop computer and like look at the AOL message boards to see what people were saying about them. Now, like you know, it's it's all about Instagram and all that stuff. And 
it's just it's um it's just it's fun to watch all that and get it out. Get now you can be a big star on social media. I'm trying to stay so active on my social media. It's literally a part time job, but I love it. <laughs> it I is. love it. It is. Well, that, that's great. I mean, you got to be like the cool kids are today, Michael. All they do is uh, do the Spotify and do one song at a time. No one does albums anymore. It's so true. Yeah, you just did one. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> I love that part of it too. I want to be just like Ariana Grande, only not as. I'll be like Ariana Venti instead of Grande. <laughs> that was hilarious. bad. Sorry. That oh was bad. my God, Michael Orland, this has been one of my funnest interviews this week. Thanks so much for coming on the show, my friend. And you do a lot of them, so that's very nice of you. And I'm so happy to be on your show, and I thank you for asking me. You're very welcome. Let everyone know where they can find you on that social so they can follow you as I do and any other places you want them to find you at. Well, my Instagram and Twitter are at my name, at Michael Orland. And um, I have a Facebook music page. Unfortunately, my Facebook uh, personal page, when I first joined Facebook, I was trying to in a contest with my friend Michelle McCoy, who's the stage manager from my Radio City Christmas shows. And I was in a competition to beat her. And so, like, I friended all these people. Now, sometimes, like, when it's their birthday, I'm like, who is that person again? But I have now a music page, so I can friend people there and stay in touch with people there. There you go. That's absolutely fantastic. Stay on the line for me, Michael. Guys, we're going to have a very special five questions with Michael. Be on the lookout for that. We're going to play out another song. We didn't get to talk about about five other issues I want to talk about. You worked with Emily Blunt, and you were one of the most uh, collaborative persons on the Ellen Show ever. I thought this was a hilarious take. To um, she had to do an apology to Chris Martin. Did you create the words for it? Just write the music, or how did that? No, she she wrote the words. That's like I guess a famous Coldplay song, and so. The Ellen, I had done the Ellen show like over 70 times because Ellen used to be obsessed with Idol. And she would have, since season four, which is Carrie Underwood season, she would have all the guests as they got eliminated, she would have them come on. So like seasons four through 10, I went with every one of those kids the day after they got voted off and played on that show. So anytime they've had like a, a they need a pianist, they've called me and I've been so blessed to do it. I love it. And um, like I did this, like Megan Mullally saying happy birthday to, um, to um, oh God, what's his name? Um, uh, to Justin Bieber. I can't believe I just blanked on his name. But when they, when that happened, um, they um, called me in and then they said, hey, we have this thing with Emily Blunt and we want you to help her with it. I'm like, okay. So I went to her hotel that morning to meet her. I, she could not have been nicer and more freaked out about singing. And I'm like, why? You, you sing great. Anyway, it was such a it was such a fun day that I went that morning to her hotel. Then I went home and got my clothes and like went to the Ellen show. And it was such a perfect day. And it's so many people have watched that clip. It's crazy, but she's great. Well, it's awesome. She does a great job with it. And your accompaniment as always is spot on. We're going to play out to that guys. And we will be back after the commercial. You're listening to left of straight show right here on the left of straight radio network. We're back with Emily Blunt, who has hurt Chris Martin's feelings, and uh, so you're going to do something to make it up. Well, I just, it's sort of a way of me begging forgiveness. Um, Chris, I love you. Always have, always will, and I'm very sorry. And this is a massive sacrifice, because I literally loathe singing in front of people, so this is for You'll do it again. All right. do it again. Okay. (laughs) 
quiet place, quiet place. No response felt so in your face. You felt lost, oh yeah. It seemed so low, kind of low, to leave you out there on your own, in your quiet place, oh yeah. tickets to your show, to your show, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's too loud, cut it.
that was just on two days ago on Monday, kicking off our sordid week here. And speaking of hello, I'm so glad to say hello to my next guest. She's been a great friend of the show. It's been too long since we've chatted. Uh, We are getting ready for the big live streaming event this Sunday for a reading of Del Shore's original play, Sorted Lives, where she played the no-nonsense, fried chicken-eating, telling-like-it-is Lavonda Dupree, And they are raising money this weekend for 23 theater companies across the country. She's also starred in the hilarious web series Child of the 70s as Kiki Lawrence. Guest starred in way too many television series and movies for me to count. And she's been one of our best allies to our community while hosting her very own Ann Walker show on UBN Radio. I love this bold and brassy woman to pieces. Please welcome back to the show. The lovely and beautiful Miss Ann Walker. How we doing, Ann? Woohoo! Yay! I am here with my bells ringing, ringing. There I'm you go. You, I'm so excited to be on the show again. I'm so excited to have you. To got technical issues, it happens, but we're doing good. How are yeah. you doing? I'm great. You keeping yourself I busy. You, I am. I actually did a. Uh, I'm. I've actually somebody's hired me, except for Dale. I mean, besides Dale Shores. I'm getting ready to do a, a little movie called, um, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, it'll come to me. Um, um, it's a drag queen movie. Um, God Save the Queens. Yes. Oh, that's going to be fun. And I'm going to play oh. the mother of, oh, shit, uh, it's going out of my head, but it'll come back to me. Um, a redheaded drag queen named, oh, shoot. Anyway, go ahead. Let's talk. It'll come back to Let's me. just talk. It'll come back. All right. Yeah, well, I am yeah. so glad to have you on. We got this big old fundraiser to talk about this weekend. Oh, honey, I'm telling um, you, isn't this something? He has I am so put, excited. He has put together this entire thing, he and Emerson, and it is just amazing that he got all these fabulous people back together, isn't it? 
even though we're it's, on it's Zoom. It's going to be an amazing thing. I mean, we're talking cast from all three cities. You've been a part of all of it from the beginning. Were you ever in the plays? I mean, oh, you've been honey, from the original honey. series. <laughs> 1995, it, it came about. It was born in Del Shore's living room uh, in oh, 1995. And uh, I'll tell you, we... We started reading Nicotine Fit, which is the very first uh, thing, opening of the play, and he wrote that part for me. He wrote that part of Lavanda for me, and we had Uh. uh, met and worked together a little bit before that, and he sort of got an essence of who I was, and... So he he wrote that that part for me. How many times does that ever happen in a lifetime? You know, right? If somebody writes it yeah. for you. So um, yeah, it's it's great, and I'm so excited and thankful and grateful and all those things. And now after 20 years, can you believe it? And I'm not a day over 50. <laughs> <laughs> I'm many days over 50, honey. Um, not at but, all. <laughs> But I'm I still trying to keep it together, keeping it together, as you will see when you tune in to our all-star Sunday, May 31st. I think it's at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, Pacific time. And uh, Right, yeah, 5 o'clock uh, your time, 8 o'clock my time here. I'm going to yeah, be there with right. bells on. I mean, like I said, we got it. Three different casts coming on We have people from the series We have people from the original We have people from the wedding And you've been a part of it all, my dear I sure have Isn't that something? I'm just so excited and so thrilled for that And and now uh, we have Little Leslie just blowing up social media That's bringing everyone back in again, right? Are you getting You guys are getting a new crowd Can you believe this? That he has gotten over four hundred, um, four million people on uh, Instagram. Crazy. I just it just boggles my mind. Me and, and him, he's been the same person all this time. He's played the, <laughs> the same kind of so guy true. all the time. Yeah, but it's but just now it's something we had, needed, right? Yeah, he had a captive audience during the COVID uh, crisis that we're going through. Exactly. And, and so all everybody just sort of found him, you know, on Facebook and on Instagram. And uh, I I didn't realize he was catching on that much. But apparently when you get Anderson Cooper to interview you and you're on um, uh, what look what happened, uh, Andy Cohen's thing. Yeah, the Watch show. What Happens Live. Right? Watch What Happens Live, yeah. yeah. And he was on The View and he's just been on everything, you know. Well, it's great because it really does bring a light to all of his things he's been on, and he's been a part of the Sword Lies family from the beginning. And you all, it's time to, I mean, especially I think this year with Pride being virtual, um, it's very tough because Pride is all about community and being together. And I, part of me, Pride is also about our history. And Mm -hmm. I think we tend to forget our history and you guys are a big part of our LGBT history. I mean, we were talking to Newell and uh, Rosemary yesterday, and she brought up the point where Dell and you guys talked about conversion therapy in a way that really wasn't talked about 20 years exactly. ago, right? So oh, exactly. I, when I had my radio show, I did in-depth kinds of uh, reporting with people who had been through it, 
doctors. I had doctors on, psychiatrists and things, and everybody. This has been in 2016, and um, right. uh, and and it's really it's just an awful, awful thing. But yes, we have been on the cutting edge of all this stuff, and uh, but you know, Del Shores writes those words and puts them in our mouths, and thank goodness we say them and people respond you know and it's it's really been a a family a family affair you know and it's uh, g- good to have us all be so close and he can put up the flag he raises the flag and says i'm in let's get together <laughs> so we all run you know well it's it's magic when you guys get back together. I can't wait yeah. for Sunday. I mean, you have a, a kind of a fairy tale ending, if you want to put it that way, at the end of a very sordid wedding. Do you see Lavanda been living happily ever after, or what do you think's happened to her in oh, these I think couple she, years? You know, then? she married. You know, she married Wardell, and um, you know, I think she's doing pretty good. I think they really had had a thing for each other a number of years. <laughs> And right. I think they just kept missing one another during the all those years where she was married to somebody else, many somebody else's. Um, <laughs> she had se- she had several husbands, and uh, so finally it just sort of got around to Wardell, and they. It was very nice. It's a nice a nice feeling to have that wrapped up, to have everybody it sort was- of okay. It was a great surprise, a great closure for the end of a wedding. We won't give it every everything away, even though we kind of gave a lot of it there. But if you have not seen it, where have you been for three years? Exactly. I want to talk about the, the cast a bit because, like I said, we're bringing everyone back together, including uh, Olivia going to do a little uh, Yeah, she's, piece, got, she's going to she's introduce video. us, I think. Yeah. That is going to be amazing. We have Bo coming back. So let's talk about some of this great cast you've worked with. I was asking uh, Newell and Alexander, uh, Newell and Rosemary yesterday, I want to see how close they are to you here. Uh, We'll play a little game. Who of the cast was the most prepared every time it came to filming? Um, I could tell you who's not, who wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much everybody was prepared. You know, um, we had a little bit of a, should I, did they name names when they were there? It's up to you. It's up to you. No, you, I'm you asking you if they named names. <laughs> oh, they named a couple, yeah, but they did name names. Well, um, in different uh, resurrections, different people, um, I felt very prepared. I hope they didn't say me. Um I think Caroline Ray was a little unprepared, but don't tell her I said uh, that. Never, ever in a million years. Yeah. Who would you say was the most likely to flub a line? Um, oh, all of us. But, you know, <laughs> uh, it was um, poor old Juanita. Juanita was on her last leg in that in that last movie. We right, made, right. Oh, poor baby. They did say that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a trooper, was though. Sad. She made it through, and that she, was just yes. good she got it through there. So yeah. good for her on that. Yeah. Who was I the was one that broke to... character the most or, or, or made everyone laugh? Leslie Jordan. <laughs> that makes sense. 
Yeah. Now, who was the best with the prop? I mean, there was Wardell's leg. There was uh, Sarah's cigarette. There was so many different props in there. Who do you think was best with the prop? I think I think Juanita with that cigarette in her mouth when she moves it from one side to the other, you know, and puts on right. lipstick at the same time. I think that that that's a funny bit, very funny bit. I love that. Actually, that's where Newell now, Newell and uh, Rosemary said you with your chicken finger or with oh, your that's chicken right. leg. That's why I said chicken that. leg, my chicken leg. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. that. <laughs> very very good. Oh my goodness! Well, it's going to be had exciting to see chicken. all again. Well, you go ahead. That? No, I was no, I go was going to say something else. It doesn't have anything to do with this. I'm going to have a chicken uh, leg in my hand uh, this Sunday. Oh, I'm going to be fantastic. using the chicken leg. I like it. Talk about this whole um, 20th, 21st century reading of plays here. Um, we got, I mean, you were, all, your, your show had video with it. You had all those great guys running the video for you. How are you doing on the Zoom and stuff like that? Are you well, enjoying the technology? You. Yeah, I have, um, it's been okay. I've had some tutorials. You know, people have helped me figure it out. Yeah. And you, you just have to have people tell you how it works. You know, I, I still don't know how it actually works, but. Uh, I do know enough to, I just bought myself one of those light rings, you know, so that I have a good coloring and everything. And uh, because, yeah, I'm going to, I'm hoping to use that. I hope I can figure it out. But um, I'm just excited to have that. Because when they, the God Save the Queen's audition on that um, was, uh, they ha- I had to do it at home because of the virus, you know, the pandemic. Sure. Uh, so I had a my friend Matt Hayes come over, and we wore our, our masks except when I was doing my audition, and he helped me so much. He had one of those light rings. I had never seen one, but um, he had one, and so I decided to get myself one. And oh, very good. So, but he helped me with that audition, and we sent it in, and. I've, I've, it's like a whole new world having to audition at home, you know, and send in your audition. But I, I actually I got bet. one, you know. Well, you deserve it. You are talented as heck, my dear. I love you. You're that. so cute. I love you. <laughs> um, now well, we've got and... a big. Let me just say we've got a big um, auction that's going to be going on for two weeks. It, I guess it starts Sunday, um, and we've got some really great auction items. You know, we're trying to raise a lot of money for these 23 nonprofit theaters around the country, and uh, right. most of them have done Del Shore's work, and they're just they're they're just on their last leg because they haven't been able to, you know, have plays, have audiences. So uh, we've got. Just a buku number of things that are did did the uh, Rosemary and Newell tell you some of the items that we've got? I we I heard about Newell's belt buckle. Oh, Shawnee New, I hear that uh, there's going to be a Doctor E's bra. What are we getting from Lavanda? Lavanda's going to have pants and some jewelry from the series, and I'm hoping my my silver jacket. 
I don't know if anybody remembers my silver jacket. It had fringe on it, and uh, it was very gorgeous in the uh, bar scene in the original uh, Sorted Lives movie. And it was it was uh, sort of an caught in an iconic picture where um, uh, Delta and I were in the bar, and we take a picture of ourselves, you know, looking up at the camera. Oh, right, right. That's and that silver jacket, right? With the, the gun yeah, I, that silver jacket yeah. that I wore in that. I'm trying to get it back from the Hollywood Museum. It's been on loan to them for a couple of years, and they had to poster. Uh, they had to. Uh, oh, they they closed the museum. It's at Hollywood and Vine, and uh, not Hollywood and Vine. Hollywood and Highland, and the. Um, they have it closed until um, further notice, but I supposedly right. we'll find out this week how we can get it uh, because oh, I want to have that. I want to have that in the um, auction list. But Leslie's uh, pajamas and robe from uh, his brother boy robe and pajamas, and Whoopi Goldberg's pastor robe. I read it's uh, from a very sordid wedding. And uh yeah, I saw that. yeah. Yeah. And Juanita's only skirt. <laughs> she only wore <laughs> one skirt and one top. So uh right. anyway, it's just gonna be a big old thing, you know. Big old thing. Uh, We're gonna I raise think it's this gonna money. Be huge and I goal uh, the goal is big and these theaters deserve it. I mean you guys all a lot of you started out in the theater there and I sure one did. Of them is, I did. Yeah, my theater here in uh, Little Columbus, Ohio, Evolution Theater Company, is one of the beneficiaries. So I have yes, to thank you and Bill personally that. for that. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. that's very exciting. And if people want to uh, go and uh, check out what we've got for uh, auction, I think they can go to DellShoresFoundation.org, and they can also correct. bid there. So, uh, you know, it, it'll be a good thing. It's going to be a fantastic thing. And then, yeah, yeah, they're taking money right now on the website. You can donate now if you go to the website. Mm -hmm. You don't have to wait until Sunday. But Sunday is going to be the big kickoff thing here. And it's just hopefully going to keep these guys afloat because a lot of these theaters are there on a wish and a prayer and a lot of volunteers. And they have to buy rights to some of these shows and get some some, uh, backgrounds and things. So it's really important. To, mm-hmm. to for these theaters, right? What talk about your theater background a bit? What's what, some of your fondest I'm, memories of some of your earliest theaters? Oh gosh, uh, I'm from Houston, Texas, originally, and uh, they had at one point eleven small theaters in Houston, and I worked mm. at all of them one season, and also at the Alley Theater in Houston, and. Uh, you know, the small theaters are where I got my start. They really are. I mean, I I just, I love theater, and I I'm, was from there, and I always knew I wanted to be an actress. So I just got involved in the theater, you know. So it was right. just, uh, it was good. It was a good thing, good thing for me. Very good. I'm just trying to look well, here uh, on God Save the Queens uh, thing. So I can figure out who my daughter. She's a drag queen. 
I'm trying um, to remember all the red-haired ones. There's not that many of them. So I got I don't know the Ginger Minge or who it might no, be, but we'll have to yeah. figure it out. Um, bup, 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 bup. When do they oh, think anyway. they're going to be able to get into production on it? Well, you know, they, they've already done about half of it, I think. My my section was the last one, and it closed down, you know, because of the uh, virus. So right. um, I'm just fi- trying to find this page that's got all the information around here. Um, here it is. Uh, my daughter is Jinx Monsoon. Oh, you know Jinx, her? that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wow, I play her mother. Mm-hmm. I'm very, oh, very excited. Very excited. But, uh, oh, she's going to be so good. I think so. I, love it. I can't even be, I, uh, you know, humble about it. I'm just so excited. It's a cute little part. And uh, not big, but it's also a wonderful uh, uh, group to be with. There you go. Well, you've been such a great ally. As I said, I miss your show every day. Um, I just, I still have it. It's on my Google Alerts. I never took it off my Google Alerts. So <laughs> every week I get my little Google Alert that it's time for the Ann Walker show. Oh, and I'm so disappointed that we're not here. You've just been brought so many great things to the forefront, introduced me to so many great people, and now Brian Normile and, of course, Scott Isn't Nevins. He just, and he, we, we, were just, we all loved doing that show together. It was just a terrific time. We had a great time. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. You, you did such great works. I mean, it was it was fun, but it was also very informative, and you really yeah, well, took I, care I, to I point out that. things to the community. Yeah. Yeah. I was happy to be able to, because actually I did it for myself. You know, whatever I was interested in, I figured everybody else was interested in, too. Right. But you've well, done very you... well, too, mister. You've just well, thank uh, you. We're five years in. Off. I feel pretty good. Yeah. I was kind of based on what you guys and Dell and Emerson did. And yeah. we have Dell and Emerson back. Are we going to get Ann Walker back ever now that we have a light ring? I think you can do this. <laughs> I don't know, honey. Everybody keeps asking me if I'm coming back, but you never know. I think I would be happy to come back maybe after uh, Joe Biden gets uh, the, into the presidency. You know. Oh, from your maybe. lips, darling, from your lips. I know. Huh? If everybody doesn't get out there and vote, it's going to be the same thing as last time. You know. We well, just I think people are cannot. catching on. I mean, I think the virus gave a couple more people the the clue that this guy doesn't know what he's doing oh god um it's it's just i i can't see anyone with half a brain just just wanting this to continue what we've seen the last three years even people who follow him you know he's not he hates those people he doesn't like those people he doesn't do anything for those people he only does it, anything good that he thinks is good is for his cronies and other rich people. Oh, it's it just makes me crazy. It's just yeah. embarrassing that we don't have someone that can lead an example. This whole mask yeah. thing. I mean, right. you're the president of the free world of our country. You're supposed to lead our example and, and rally everyone around this. And That's instead, very, you very mock true. It's, yep. it's just, it's just absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm hoping people get get a grip and kind of figure it out. It's it's very it's less than six months now, so we'll see what happens. Well, you uh, know, so. I mean, really, uh, it's less than. Is it six months? It's four months or five? 
Let's yeah, see. Pisces like five right now. June, July, Maybe. August, September, October, November. So it is six months. Yep. It, it's getting right there, but it's going to be, be five there. months from June 8th, I think. Yeah, we're almost there. Yeah. So right, hopefully we'll right. get him out. It's going to be interesting to see how he does the transition period. If oh, he is God. voted out, um, yeah, what, right. what little things. I mean, every president, good and bad, Republican and Democrat, have done some silly things their last couple months in office. I can't imagine what he would do. I mean, he's, he's done enough stuff to in front of everybody down. all the time. Yeah, he's just going to burn down everything, you know, whatever he can. Mm. It's going to be a scorched earth approach for him. Just whatever go. he can get away with, hopefully they're going to send him to prison at some point. I mean, he's done so many really rotten against the law things, too, you know. Right. He really should be in jail. I agree a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. Well, Miss Ann Walker, I'm going to let you go. I appreciate you getting to our technical staff who's earlier be able to call back in here. We're oh. going to see you with bells on this Sunday, 5 o'clock Thank Pacific, you. 8 o'clock Eastern. It's going to be streaming yes. on the YouTube. We're yes. going to have the uh, foundation, www.delshoresfoundation.org, where you can find these fantastic auction items. And you are going to be doing your thing, Miss Thing. I'm excited yes, for you. Yes, sir, I am. And also, I'm going to be in person uh, right after the uh, first scene. So I'll be on my Zoom with my circle light, my ring light. There you go. I like it. Well, I mean, and you, you still have your uh, Twitter page. Are you getting on Twitter much anymore? Or? I, I'm not getting on all the time, but I usually look at it two or three times a day, you know, and okay. I'm on Facebook all the time. So, you know, anybody that wants to I, – I, st- I stay on Facebook more than I do Twitter, but I always look at Twitter a couple, two or three times a day and say my go. likes and my – retweets and you know comments on things right right. i'm just yeah i'm thrilled though that twitter has decided to fact check mr asshole oh isn't that nice uh yeah time yeah i mean the stuff he's saying about joe scarborough's uh oh can you believe that just the husband i mean how much does that husband have to go through i know it's just ridiculous it's terrible been allowed to say it yeah. Well, Ann Walker, I like I tell you every time you're on, I'll produce any talk show you ever want to come on. Well, I have an hour to spare here anytime you want it. If not, okay. I'm going to be your first fan, and I'll be your social media director if you find something. You're my else. sweetheart. You're we'll my sweetheart. You back on God. Thank you, baby. I appreciate it. Take me to the show. Wait in the line for me for one second. We're going to go ahead and play out as we played into our good friend Levi Christ. This is so much better. I'll wrap things up in just a couple minutes. This is Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network. Take an afternoon drive I've been working too hard I want to leave it all behind me Pushing and pulling Yeah, the world keeps spinning around And around But I go with the flow Nobody's gonna get me down 
So that'll be happening this Sunday. Um, thanks to all them. Tomorrow, brand new show again, day four out of five. We'll be here all week through Friday, every day at eight, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern time. Tomorrow, I have another fantastic show for you. We're going to start off with a mental health minute we've been doing every other Thursday with our special correspondent, Stephanie Schroeder, out of New York City. Stephanie, of course, has uh, was a co-editor of the fantastic book, Headcase. It has stories of LGBT authors talking about different mental health journeys, pieces of art and literature and all sorts of fun things in there, and has also written a memoir about her own journey in mental health. So we'll start off with a mental health minute with Stephanie tomorrow. Then I have two great new interviews. First up is going to be actor and producer Mike Manning. You may remember him from the real world DC back in the day. That's been nine or 10 years now. He uh, actually worked for HRC, was in politics for a while, has been acting and producing ever since, doing so many fantastic projects, working with some great organizations, and we'll have a fantastic chat tomorrow. And then after Mike, for the very first time in the show, bringing a special correspondent for food, Ramis Ellis. Um, Ramis was recommended to me by our good friend Jake Taylor, who's going to be on Friday. And she has an amazing food Instagram kind of vlog. Uh, great pictures. She's an amazing photographer and has an eye for food and a taste for food. And it's Feed Ramis is her Instagram handle, F-E-E-D-R-E-M-E-I-C-E. And she has agreed to come on board as our special foodie correspondent. She's going to be on every other Thursday that Stephanie is not on talking about food. So we're going to do her full interview and get to know her a bit tomorrow night. So tune in for that. we got a Mental Health Minute with Stephanie Schroeder. We have actor and producer Mike Manning talking about what he's been doing for the last couple of years since I talked to him. And we're going to have Ramis Ellis, our brand-new foodie special correspondent, and get to know her a bit. Tune in for that, guys. Last thing I have to say is we I did get a new thing on the uh, for the show. I created a new text number for us to stay in contact together and you can now text me um, anytime you want it's actually me you have to jump through like a small hoop to to connect with me doesn't cost you anything totally free to use and I will get your text and we can text back and forth and that way it doesn't kind of confuse with my text uh, with my family and uh, personal friends and everything. But I'd love to get to know my left of straight family. You can text me at 330-249-7857. Or you can go to www.my.community.com forward slash my name, Scott Fullerton. And I will be texting out different things about the show from time to time, asking you what questions you might have for upcoming guests. We'll be talking about what I'm doing personally. I want to know what you guys are doing personally, how you guys are keeping up. I want to know from fellow foodies out there, fellow writers, fellow uh, book readers, fellow entertainment geeks, fellow comic book geeks like me, what you guys are seeing. Give me recommendations on who I should bring on the show. So please reach out, 330-249-7857, 
and we will connect via texting. And it's all me, and it's all free, and it just takes like two seconds to connect it up. And I look forward to greeting all of you there. And there's always my social media on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Left of Straight. That's at L-E-F-T-O-F-S-T-R and the number eight. The Left of Straight website, leftofstraight.com, will be up with our Big Gay Road Trip information any day now. And as I said on Facebook, my profile is Scott Fullerton. It's an open public profile. You can friend me, and I will friend you back. Or you can follow the Left of Straight show on the Left of Straight show page right there on Facebook. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for all my guests today. Thanks for all my guests this week. I will be back tomorrow at 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern time. Have yourself a great Thursday, and I will see you tomorrow evening. Bye-bye.